This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your host, Joshua Toomey, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore A new life to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. This is the official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Make sure to head over to MetalNexus.net and check out their news, reviews, interviews, and the archives of the Talk To Me podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, coming on to check out my interview with Head, welcome to the podcast. And make sure to head over there and check out all of the past episodes of the Talk To Me podcast. Getting to talk to Head from Corn this week was an amazing interview for me. And when I was offered the interview, it didn't really hit me until it came time to sit down and like, what are we going to talk about? And all those emotions came running back of, of being in the mid 90s and listening to Corn. And like Corn was that band for me for a very long time. I, you know, I got into it when I was like 14, 15 years old. I was as much as I was into Metallica, as much as I was into Pantera, like Corn was, was a band that just completely changed my life. And getting to speak with Head. For, for the 30 minutes that I did was a life changer in that, you know, I just kind of came full circle, you know, getting to do this show, getting to talk to a lot of my heroes and, and getting to talk to someone like uh, Head from Corn was a pretty amazing man. I, I, I think the word of the day is amazing and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. I do want to get to some news first and then uh, we'll get into Rob Rivera's pick from the kit and then we will listen to my interview with Head from Corn. But uh, if you have been living under a rock the last few days, let me explain something to you that the uh, the interview I did with Wes Borland of Limp Bizkit back in December went absolutely nuts because, you know, Wes uh, came out saying so many negative things about Aaron, Aaron Lewis abstained, and that just, you know, it spread like wildfire. But I thought that was the end of it. I thought it was over. I, you know, Wes said his piece, you know, nothing else came of it. And then a couple of days ago, I get a I start getting notifications on Facebook that something's happening. So I open up my Facebook. Uh, I see the Blabbermouth and the PRP article uh, basically showing video footage of Aaron Lewis striking back. You know, I think he said, you know, fuck that motherfucker and all this other nonsense. And it's a great video. Make sure you head over to any of these uh, wonderful sites that ran the article because there's video and uh, of Aaron's thing. But my favorite part is right about here. I'll let you listen to this one snippet of of, uh, of the of the rant on stage Aaron did in front of all of his fans. He said this. I laid it down back in 1999. I don't remember. But I do know that I walked into the dressing room of Limp Bizkit. <laughs> While Wes Borland, who I love dearly, who obviously has some fucking things to say about me. Fuck that motherfucker. Now, I know that I started this, but I love him dearly. Because he's part of the whole reason that I'm standing here right now in front of you. And I find it really fucked up that this is, this is what happened, okay? This is how it happened. This is exactly how it happened. 
And I don't know how the fuck he came up with what he came up with, but I'm gonna tell you what happened. I saw this motherfucking bougie motherfucker riding on a fucking golf cart in the airport to his gate. I ended up at a gate really close to him. I went up to him. I said, Wes, what's up, brother? I miss you. I haven't seen you in forever. How you been? Good, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, where are you headed? He's like, I'm headed home to Los Angeles. And I'm like, hey, motherfucker, that ain't home. Remember, you're from Jacksonville, fucking Florida. That's how it went down. Have you seen the interview? Have you heard the podcast? That's how it went down. Brother, don't, don't forget where the fuck you're from. That's crazy. If only he had just said, have you read the interview? Have you listened to the Talk To Me podcast? That would have been awesome. But uh, I got to give a huge shout out to all the websites that ran this latest story for not only running the story, but also linking the show. Because, you know, a lot of times an upstart podcast like this, a smaller podcast like this, anytime you can get any kind of press like this, it's amazing. And the fact that so many websites ran it and actually linked the podcast, not only quoted the podcast, but obviously linked the podcast, uh, made for an amazing time. So just, you know, a huge shout out to Blabbermouth, Loudwire, Metal Injection, Ultimate Classic Rock, Enemy.com, Spin Magazine ran it. That's crazy. Metal Sucks, Music Feeds, Riotfest.org just ran something on it. Let's see, what else was there? The PRP, iHeartRadio, my good friends over there at iHeartRadio, that's always great that they run stuff and they always obviously link the podcast too. I think Wes's episode was like my seventh most downloaded episode. And then out of nowhere, it became like the fourth or fifth. So it's always crazy. Uh, something called alwaysmountaintime.com ran it. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> Livejournal.com. That's a great one. Uh, Noisy.com. Vice did it. Junkie.com. So many great things. Uprocks.com. The AV Club. Wow, I didn't even notice they did it. That's crazy. Uh, looks like ABC News ran something on their online, on their uh, music channel about it. It went absolutely nuts. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there that ran it, everyone out there that read it, everyone out there that clicked on the link to the podcast. And, you know, if you've came to the podcast through all this, don't wait until the music sites pick it up. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button and also uh, rating and reviewing the podcast because those are always much appreciated. And at the end of the day, I think I still side with Wes on this whole thing because Wes Borland's, he lived in Los Angeles longer than he lived anywhere else because that's home and, and home is where you want home to be. And I, I also get Aaron's side of it a little bit, but I'm siding with Wes on this. I'm Team Wes. You know, make sure to hit me up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash talk to me talk. Twitter's at talk to me talk, or you can email me talk to me talk at gmail.com. Let me know. Are you Team Wes or Team Aaron in all this? Because it's always fun to have a nice feud. You know, we had Glenn Benton and Corey Taylor. Now we've got Wes and Aaron. Uh, a lot of fun. And um, 
And speaking of a lot of fun, upcoming is the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo. That is going to be in Nashville, Tennessee on August 25th. And if you listen all the way through to the end of this interview with Head, you get to hear a guest, special guest announcement that uh, I don't think it's out there yet. So you're getting a little bit of uh, upfront information that no one is getting. But make sure you're heading over to NashvilleRockandPod.com and checking out all of the perks that you can do. And you can come on the Talk To Me podcast, be a special guest host of the Talk To Me podcast. All the proceeds from that go towards funding the Rock and Pod Expo, which is uh, going to be a lot of fun. And uh, there's another special guest announcement that's coming out next week that I just learned about. This expo is going to go down as one of the craziest events ever. And if all of these uh, celebrities and rock stars keep coming through like this, we're going to have a blast on August 25th down in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Palace. And uh, yeah, so rockandpodexpo.com. Make sure you're hitting them up on Facebook, going to the GoFundMe, throwing a couple of bucks at it coming on the talk to me podcast as a co-host and getting in all the fun over here speaking of nashville you know my nashville love my nashville predators hockey team in the playoffs the number one team in the land right now as i'm recording this i've got the hockey game on so uh so you guys will know the outcome before i do but let's go preds let's make it happen let's make it happen for the city of nashville because last year's playoff run was fantastic so exciting and that was some of the most fun i've ever had so let's do this uh last night i went to the Soulfly concert here in town with my good friend lauren kozlowski of the roach coach podcast uh we had a nice little new metal field trip out to the the uh, Diamonds Pub here in Louisville, Kentucky, and we had a lot of fun, man. And I got to I got to sit down with Max for about thirty minutes prior to the show, recorded a nice little interview that will be out next Thursday. So my sit down with Max Cavalera, which is funny because he's been on the show twice. You know, obviously Bobby Burns of Primer Fifty Five played in in Soulfly. I've been kind of around the camp a lot. I've seen him live a few times with Bobby and the band, and even prior to that. And even post that, you know, I've seen him, I've seen Soulfly a ton of times, but I never actually met uh, Max Cavalera in person. And, you know, it was pretty intimidating, man. You walk, I walked up on the bus. It was basically just me and him. And then, you know, his wife, Gloria, uh, showed me to the back of the bus where he was sitting. And it was kind of like meeting a, meeting a, a Buddhist monk or something, or, or like a, like a, a, some sort of, Shaolin monk or something because he was just sitting in the back all by himself with no TV on or nothing. And I sat down and we talked for a good, you know, half hour or so. Got a cool picture. I threw it up on the Instagram. Uh, there's something on my camera though. I don't know what it is. It was like a smudge on the camera itself. So it's kind of a blurry photo. So I made it black and white, made it all cool looking. So head over to uh, Talk To Me Podcast on Instagram. Check that out. And it's also up on my Facebook page. I got to talk to you, Mark Rizzo, for a minute after the show. Uh, Mark actually don't recognize me. It was kind of funny. Uh, I haven't seen Mark in a long time. Mark actually came out with his solo band and uh, on one of our tours, the primary did. We had Mark out for some dates and I hadn't actually talked to him in person a lot for, I hadn't actually talked to him in person in I guess 10 years, but uh, we he had done the podcast a while back and I'll definitely need to get him back on. Mark Rizzo has a, new, a great new solo album out now, so make sure to check that out. And if you enjoy what we're doing over here, make sure you're hitting up patreon.com slash talk to me, checking out all of the tiers over there, $1, $3, $5, even $10 a month, uh, get you some cool perks and it just helps us support the podcast. And I say it each and every week, if every listener that I had donated a couple of bucks, we can throw all that money right back into advertising and get this show up and up on these on those iTunes charts, up and up on the, uh, on the metal charts and up and up just in general in the podcast world. If you like what I'm doing over here, please support what I'm doing over here. 
you know, if you don't want to throw some bucks at it, make sure you're just sharing the podcast. Make sure you're letting someone know about the podcast. And you can also go to the podcast notes and check out the uh, t-shirt options we have too. That's a lot of fun over there. Like I said, I've got the uh, the Tennessee Titans pentagram, flaming pentagram logo. And then you can also get the uh, just straight up talk to me logo T over at amazon.com. Free shipping with Amazon Prime if you get the Amazon shirt. And as always, my sponsor... Scott Bowling over there at Good Company with Bowling. Uh, actually, Scott helped me hook this interview with Head Up, and it was can't thank him enough. It means the world to me. Make sure you're actually, you know, after you listen to this interview with Head on my show, make sure you're heading over to his show on YouTube. It's a uh, Good Company with Bowling. It's about an hour long interview with Head on uh, on uh, Scott's channel there. Uh, he's also got interviews, upcoming interviews with uh, Rich Ward from Stuck Mojo and Sonny from POD. And also in his archives, you can go and check out Bones from Stuck Mojo, uh, Clint Lowry of Seven Dust, Lejean Witherspoon of Seven Dust, the guys from Islander. If you like those Atlanta boys, you're going to enjoy yourself some good company with bowling. So make sure and support him. Support Scott. He, is, he has been one of the biggest supporters of this show. And now he's came through even bigger with helping me hook up this interview with Head and, uh, I can't thank him enough and you know just what a what a solid guy and what a great dude. So make sure to check out his show Good Company with Bowling on YouTube or scottgoodcompany.com and make sure you let him know that I sent you the Talk to Me podcast sent you. Uh just some more thank yous once again to Blabbermouth and uh, and, and all the other outlets that picked up the Butcher Babies episode. Uh that was a lot of fun and got some good some good stuff out of there. Heidi was great on the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, like I said, make sure to go back. Last week was Heidi Shepard of Butcher Babies. Week before that was Sean Yasult of White Zombie. And, you know, the archives, like I say, have Max Cavalera episodes, Chris Kale Five Finger Death Punch episodes, you know, Matt Hafey of Trivium, the West Borland episodes. So many great episodes. Jim Brewer is in the, in the archives. Uh, Dave Ellison of Megadeth is in the archives. There's so many great episodes back there for you to check out. Hours and hours of entertainment. And uh, speaking of hours and hours of entertainment... Let's check out Rob Rivera's pick from the kits, and then we will get into my conversation with Brian Head Welch of Corn. Have you heard the podcast? What's up, everybody? This is Rob from Nonpoint, and here's my weekly Rob's pick from the kit segment. Uh, before we get into it, next week we start our Kings and Queens tour with Butcher Babies, King Hill, and Sumo Psycho. And uh, we're extremely excited about this run. Uh, tickets are going really well, uh, so I suggest you get yours. Go to nowpoint.com, get all the tickets uh, information, and uh, also go to nowpointstore.com and check out the cool X-Listening Party VIP where you get to listen to our new album with us. There are some really cool goodies that come along with that. Uh, this week, I'm going to pick uh, one of my favorite bands, Iron Maiden, uh, from the Number of the Beast album, uh, the song uh, Invaders. Uh, one of the best songs on the record, that whole record from front to back is amazing. But one of the best things about the song is that I, I had a thrash band back in the day called Sekel, which is S-E-K-E-L. It's like a Christian thrash band. And they actually auditioned me with this song. And I had never played the song before. I've never rehearsed it. I hadn't even listened to it. Like I, I knew the song, but I had not listened to it to learn. I actually just knew the parts, and I went in there and played it. First time in, got every part correct, like first time in, and, and also uh, they auditioned me with the Trooper. Um, 
from the Peace of Mind album, but that first record uh, that I listened to ever from Maiden was Number of the Beast. Uh, Iron Maiden's a band has been very special to me. I own pretty much everything of theirs on vinyl. Um, very favorable of the Bruce Dickinson era uh, with Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, and Power Slave. Those three records are some of the three best heavy metal albums ever recorded. So, without further ado, uh, here's uh, Iron Maiden with Invaders. man thank you so much for taking the time today and coming on the podcast yeah thanks for having me man so you've got an upcoming doc coming out uh what's what's the doc going to be based on 
it's crazy. It's a, it's a wild story, um, of my life, some of the corn guys' lives, my daughter's life. And it's like a backstage pass to all the, the pain that I went through with a, it's a, it's just a really diff, different type of relationship I have with my daughter because I've had a, I've had, uh, I've been a single parent for so long. And so we, um, we walked through her pain and, um, she was brave enough to let cameras in when she was dealing with some heavy, heavy counseling, you know? And so, um, we deal with that. We deal with some of the, the crazy stuff of uh, the traps of fame and the temptations and some of the guys share, you know, I share everything and, and just the, the whole message though is, is like triumph, you know, triumphing over, over the depression, over the pain, over the, the traps that the life has got us into. So it's, I'm really pleased with it. And I'm, 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 I'm just, it's a special film, you know, I think people will feel it too. It's special to me, obviously, cause it's has a lot to do with me, but, uh, but it's, it's a special film. And I think that people are going to realize that, you know, their, their mistakes and the hurt they cause to people. It's not the end. How old was your daughter when you you and your wife split? Um, she was five. Five. Wow. Yeah. I think she, I think she turned six that summer, but, uh, no, no, wait, when we split, she was like three years old. Um, I thought I was thinking of when I left corn, you know, when she was like three years old, when, uh, when me and my wife split and I got full custody there. Um, which yeah. is, yeah, which is crazy. Cause obviously, you know, reading your book and learning about, you know, you actually taking her out on tour, you know, obviously you had your own bus and whatnot, but you took her out on tour at three, four five years old. That's, that's gotta be crazy. You know? And does she re- have very many memories of that time? Um, a little bit. She's, you know, she didn't have the best upbringing, you know, she was passed around like a, like a football sometimes, you know, to families and nannies and, and family, uh, just like my parents and, and then friends. And it was just, I was trying to do the best thing for her. And, and I was a traveling rock musician, so it was hard. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, you know, but, um, she knows she was loved and she knows that we did our best. And so she's, uh, she's overcome a lot of that, the issues, you know, cause you know, being in this life, she's seen things that she shouldn't have, you know, at an early age and, and walked through things. And so, I'm just proud of that kid, man. She's like, go ahead. Let's, let's film some of this. And, you know, cause I was like, if you don't like any of it, we don't have to use it, you know? And, and she was just like, so brave. She goes, I think, I think like you, you share your story. I think if I share mine, it might help some teenage girls or something or just anybody, you know, like young kids are so crazy with the depression and all their temptations and, and, uh, and with the suicide, you know, and all that stuff. So I think it's, it's just, I'm so proud of her, man. I think a lot of, a lot of people would look back on even what you were going through at the time and, you know, successful rock musician, you know, out on huge tours and taking custody of your child is such a huge thing. And I, I don't know how many people out there, 
you know, guys and bands would actually have fought for their daughter like that. I think that's, you know, highly commendable on your part. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, she, I love that kid. Like she was my everything, you know, my ex-wife, she was too at one point, but when she chose to go, you know, and she was, I was messed up, but she was messed up more than me. Right. And so I was like, I can't let her go to her mom because, because there's like, skinhead dudes on drugs that's around her, you know? And so she could have got molested or whatever, you know, who knows what could happen there. So I'm like, no way. And, uh, yeah, that was it. And I was just trying to protect her, you know, and I loved her in a, you know, she was my, she was my baby girl. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's that, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, on this podcast about being a father and, and if I have musicians on that ha- are parents, you know, that's one of the biggest struggles about being in a touring band. And I know we didn't talk about this, but I did tour in a band for a long time. And, and one of the hardest parts of being in a band was getting that call from home and, you know, your son is upset or, or you know, I don't, even down to little stuff like, I can't find a babysitter and I really need to go do this thing. And you're stuck in a, you know, stuck in a tour bus in Arizona and you can't do anything about it. You know, that's, so being a parent on tour is, it's, it's always a hard thing to do. Oh, dude, hundred percent. You know how many heartbreaking calls I've had, you know, trying like that's, I'm still traumatized by talking on the phone and I think, Okay, it's not okay. I'm just I have anxiety to talk on the phone, um, with that much. But um, I think I'm traumatized from trying to keep family together, and trying to keep the kids, the kid, uh, you know, okay, mm-hmm. and dealing with the problems. Whether it it was of uh, some of my friends that were watching her that had other kids, you know, and. And then there was issues with the kids and I'm on the road and they're calling me and it just was like, and so now I'm like email text. I don't like to talk on the phone <laughs> at all, but I, but I still do obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing worse than that phone call, man. When you there, you're just absolutely helpless to do anything. And you're, you're, you're trying to orchestrate everything from, from your, from your phone out in the middle of nowhere. But I will say that since I've stopped touring, technology is kind of caught up to where, you know, maybe FaceTime and Skype and things like that would help with uh, with with trying to connect and, and keep in touch with the ones you love. Dude, I was like, I would um, be walking around in the UK in the 90s, like for blocks, looking for a payphone <laughs> yep. to, call, to call my wife because we, when we started, there was no cell phones. Yeah. So, dude, I go way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. And, um, you know, you and I kind of talked prior to this, and uh, we'll get back to the doc in a second. I do want to hit on some corn stuff. But, you know, talked about going to see you in the early days. And, and you know, it's funny as I, I was thinking about how I got into corn, and I got into corn by I saw a picture of you. And it was from like the 1993 Foundations Forum or something like that. Like just this little small, like before the first album ever came out, photo of you. And I'm like, man, that guy looks really different. I need to check this band out. And uh, and a few months later, I think the album came out and, uh, and I uh, you know, went and checked it out of the Blockbuster Music and heard the ride cymbal and the Are You Ready? And, and I was already listening to Faith No More and Biohazard and all that stuff. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to hear right now. And, and, you know, that, that first album has, uh, you know, has carried on. Wow. That's crazy, man. How old were you then? 
Um, 14. I would, I would have been 14. So like, it was the perfect age, you know, like, uh, dude, you were like into some cool stuff at that young age, <laughs> man. That's crazy. Cause that was like cutting edge. Like faith no more was just on the, on the edge of, of, of man, all things are possible with, with rock music. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go anywhere, you know? And so that's cool that you were on that, on the edge of like exploring the, the, the new music, you know? And, Right on. Yeah, we were we were right there too. And so, if if those those bands you just mentioned were it was so many bands influenced us, and we just took all the influences like, you know, Faith No More, Chili Peppers, Primus, Pantera, uh, um, Mr. Bungle. Yeah. You know, all kinds of bands like that. Just they're all weird. Some were heavy, heavy. Some were groove. Some were some were weird and just, you know, like Bungle and Primus were just weird. Yep. And so we liked, we liked the weird stuff. We liked all of it. Yeah. I had friends, you know, ranging from, you know, people that listen to the Melvins and the Jesus lizard. And then I was also into like the judgment night soundtrack and, and, you know, just all that, all that stuff. But I think that corn, you know, what you guys did kind of just brought everything together. And I was showing my friends that dug helmet and I was showing my friends that dug biohazard and things like that. And, you know, we were all kind of coming together, man. It was, it was a, I always say, and I've been, I've been interviewed on other podcasts from, you know, from doing this show and uh, everybody's always like, you know, what what are your memories of corn? And I'm like, it's, it's exactly that. It's like corn was the culmination of everything. And it just put it all into one nice little package. And, uh, and, you know, and, and Jonathan's vocals at the time, you know, you kind of got to look back at it and he was, he was showing emotion and showing emotion in metal is not something you do. And, you know, me being 14, kind of in that, in that, uh, phase of life where, you know, you needed maybe release some of that emotion and, and, you know, things are going on inside you, you know, Jonathan spoke, uh, spoke volumes. Yeah. For all of us, man, I was telling someone yesterday, I was talking to someone yesterday and it was like, he was ultra like crazy partier in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then that first record, he's crying on the song, <laughs> daddy, right? he's like he's getting all this stuff emotional out. And then like two or three years into our career, he's like sober and he's sober for, for almost the rest of his life with mm-hmm. a couple of hiccups. But I'm like, he dealt with his junk in his early twenties or mid twenties. And then he got sober. He didn't need to kill himself anymore. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, that was, it's, it's been fun, man. And I, I will say that the, uh, you know, the seven or eight years you were out of corn were, were a rough time for a fan. And then I was actually just watching again while I was while waiting for this interview today was uh was you you know coming back out at uh, Carolina Rebellion in what 2012 and it's still like you know that 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 inner child in you just still like wells up with excitement you know when you walk out on stage Oh man I appreciate that dude that that means a lot um I uh I I still get that excitement too cuz I'm cuz you know all musicians I don't care how big you are you're a fan first Yeah you know and so just with other bands, I get, I get that excited too. just, uh, you know, even like when we tour with like 6am last summer, um, or wherever, whenever it was, maybe it was last year, uh, uh, or the year before, but, um, just Nikki six, you know, just him being around that inner child, that inner Motley Crue fan is just like, Oh my gosh, Nikki's here. <laughs> yeah. But, and Fieldy even went up to him and said, hey, before we go any further with our relationship, I need to tell you, I used to draw you when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. 
And, you know, you that's the one thing I have for you is the fact that, you know, Korn not only brought on this whole, you know, new, new metal sound that kind of shaped the rest of the 90s and even into the early 2000s, I started going to see shows in the, in the mid to late 2000s with bands like Suicide Silence. And me and a friend of mine look at each other like, this is just corn with like blast beats, you know, and, and they, you know, they come out and say that they're heavily influenced by corn. So, you know, you guys not only influenced an entire generation of like new metal guys, you know, it's still carried on with, with now like the death core and metal core guys. It's, it's crazy how, how powerful, you know, your band has been for a lot of people. Dude, I just, I'm blown away by that, you know, and, uh, because they're so like heavy and they got their their sound like suicide silence and everything their their sound was so just that that next level you know of just heaviness and like like insanity and uh and so it was really cool to hear that i didn't even know about that you know because i kind of i was out of the um the scene for a while and just kind of doing my own thing and not really you know, just kind of away from it. And so when I came back in, I got to, I got to meet all these bands and hang out with them and hear their, their stories. And like the suicide silence guys, we went on tour with them and, and, uh, it was so cool just to talk to them and hang out with them every day. And, and yeah, so it's, it's honor, you know, honestly, it's an honor to hear that from the for the younger guys and everything and then obviously a big influence on you you know talking about faith no more and 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 mr bungle um i got to see a couple of the shows where mike borden played drums for you guys and that oh you did yeah i got to see a couple of those shows Uh, some of the funnest some of funnest stuff i've ever seen is watching because david was kind of crouched down next to him kind of like counting like all right. And, you know, and the part's about to change in four, you know, like one, two, three, four. And then he would kind of point at a symbol or something. You could tell he was still kind of working through the songs or whatever live. But that honestly, some of the heaviest I've ever heard corn was was with Mike Borden behind the kit. Really? You you felt that, huh? That was awesome. I mean, he's I mean, he's been always been one of my favorite drummers anyway. So it's, you know, just getting to see corn with Mike Borden playing. I mean, he's going to make anything sound heavier. Yeah, right. Man, that guy, it was so cool to have him. I mean, what a, you know, in the moment, like when he first came, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's Mike from Faith No More, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and then you know, once the party continues and everyone's just raging, he was like just one of the guys, you know, but I wish I was sober like I am now with him mm-hmm. because, I don't know, I just, I feel like I would have uh, like lived, like enjoyed the moment with him more, you know? Oh yeah, like that's, like I said, man, I can still kind of look back and think, you know, think the heavens above that I never actually got delved into drugs. You know, I drank a few beers here and there, but uh, but never got into drugs. So my my memory of of, of those times are, are pretty clear. And and I will tell you firsthand that it was it was amazing seeing him play for you guys. Right on. So when when you were in the music business for that time, you didn't d- did the people around you do drugs? Yeah, actually, um, I actually just told the story the other day because. We had kind of went away and then came back in 2007, and um, and they were all like popping, you know, like they were telling me stories about peeling the uh, outer coating of morphine off so it get to them quicker and all this crazy shit, man. And um, wow, we got to uh, we got to L.A. We had a day off in L.A. and our tour manager at the time brought out some coke, and I I've never done it. I've never even thought about trying it. And it was like that split second where I had that thought. I'm like, I'm on tour. I'm in LA. 
I was like, fucking, it's cocaine, you know? It's like, that's rock, that's about as rock and roll as you get, you know? And uh, I, I decided not to do it. But yeah, that's probably the closest I ever really got to doing any kind of drugs. Wow. You're, dude, smart, smart man. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I guess so. Me. I guess so, you know, now that I'm I'm almost 40, yeah, that's, it's, uh, it probably would have been. Plus, I have a very addictive personality. Like, if down to stupid stuff like, sunflower seeds like uh you know i'm like i was like always constantly you know throwing a couple of sunflower seeds in my mouth or something so i've got a very if i get addicted to something i will continue to do it so i'm, I'm, I'm glad i never uh, touched that stuff yeah you're smart it's ruined many a families like with with people i know kind of back to the corn stuff i mean you know you're out of corn for you know, roughly seven eight years um in that time, you know, they go on to do a few albums without you, but you come back in, uh, in, in what is that, 2013, I guess, is when you came back officially? Yeah, well, I've secretly 2012 and then 2013, um, uh, we, we announced it. So, yeah, it's been, it's crazy that it's been so long already. <laughs> how is Corn how is to you now as compared to, you know, the early days of Corn? Like, what does what Corn does mean to you now? Um, it means more more to me now than it did because before it was like it meant a lot in the beginning and then it, it just it was like something that i felt helped destroy mm -hmm. me you know yeah but um whether it was true or not you know that's how i felt and uh and so giving it up walking away losing so much like uh gaining the person that i wanted that i needed to be you know letting the ego die and letting the true self awaken that was awesome but i i lost things like money and everything and then and then being back with corn it's like a second chance again to really appreciate it you know and so so i feel i look back on the old tunes and i see how much they mean to some of the fans out there that are just they, they you know the early songs I see clearer how, how they really helped people, you know, and then the new songs, I just, it's just a different purpose now. It's like, it's about connecting with people. It's not about the fame. It's not about the money and the big shows, you know, all that stuff can be good if you use it right. But, but it's about the connection with people, you know, it's about the, the unity and, and helping others. And, and uh, just, you know, it's a special moment when you get together with in a, in a concert, with all these people and you're and everyone's focused on, on the music, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's really, it's really, it really means a lot to me, you know? And if I get burned out or whatever touring, I, I, I always just go back to that. I just to remember that it's such a blessing for to connect with people like, like we're doing and, and so many others would want, you know, the success we've had. So I just, uh, I point myself back to that. Yeah. It's going to be tough. So funny. Like when I read your book the first time and, you know, like you kind of put yourself in, in, a, in the, like I put myself in the fan situation and, you know, I'm reading about, you know, the fame and success of, of, uh, of follow the leader and, you know, like my personal favorite album issues. And, you know, you read, you read all of that and you, then you read like what you were going through at the time. And it's like, you know, where, where, 
the fan would think that you're living the the high life, you know, and then you read that you're basically struggling with with you know meth addiction and and all this addiction, and you know struggling at home with with an, the ex wife and having to bring your child on tour, and the rock star persona is just not there, you know. It, it's it's it, it was a great read, and I'm and I'm glad you put it out, and it kind of sheds light on on the you know the fan perspective as as opposed to the actual artist perspective. Yeah, I think I mean it, it. It's good. It's it's so good to share intimate things, you know, with the with with people because we're all human. That's it. We're all human. You know, some of our our heroes, like some of my heroes when I was a kid, are just they're turning into old men, you know. And it's like it's it's just we're, we're human. That's it. And so I just want to get real. Yeah. You know, I want to get real, raw, and honest about life. And I think. You know, people that appreciate it, you know, are, it's cool that, that, uh, that they feel something, you know, because life's too short to just to put on masks and, 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 and be fake, you know, be, mm-hmm. like I'm the famous guy or whatever. I achieved all this success. And so, you know, I'm untouchable or different than you. That's be That's BS right there because we're all human and I could take from my lessons that I've learned and, and, and learn and, and teach people, you know, and I can learn from them. You know, I, I'm a reader. I'm an avid reader. I just read, read, read. And I learn from, from people like nonstop, you know, and I think we all got to do that. So I, I don't regret sharing anything, you know, maybe there's, there's probably some things in my first book that I, I would take out, but, uh, but for the most part, I'm, I don't regret anything. And how does this carry over to, you know, you going to churches and speaking, you know, on Sundays type things? Um, I don't do that a whole lot now. I I usually do like weekend events somewhere, you know, in like a city, but uh I don't I don't I don't speak a whole lot um because I'm so busy with corn, but I I try to as, as anytime I can, you know. But uh but yeah, I just again, I just I just be real honest and raw. When, when I speak places and, you know, people open up usually because they can tell people can smell a phony million miles away. Absolutely. Um, I see that we need to, we need to start wrapping this up. What's the name of the doc? It is loud, crazy love. And, um, the website loudcrazylove.com is going up today and we're releasing, um, the press release and, all the info and it's at Dallas film festival and Nashville film festival. Okay. Um, and, and have you been uh, confirmed uh, for, uh, the rock and pot expo? Have you, have you been confirmed for that yet? Um, I don't, I don't know if I've been confirmed, but my, my manager, um, my manager's going and he's connected with people. So it's like a hundred percent. I think that I'm going. Okay. Well, I, I'll be there. So I'll be, uh, we can, uh, we can, you know, pick up where we left off, and 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 because uh, this is obviously just scratching the surface. Yeah, let's uh, let's continue there. That would be awesome, man. It's good talking to you, and uh, it's cool we got you know some some history together with the connecting with the same music and everything. And the, so I will see you there. I'm going for sure. Let's finish off with your uh, which which one of your favorite corn tunes. We'll end this off with corn tunes. Yeah, favorite corn song. Okay, do you want? Do you want a classic or do you want like an, one of the newer ones? It is up to you, sir. Okay. Let's go with 
Bolton. Ooh. Head, thank you so much for taking the time today, and uh, hopefully I will see you soon. Yes, thank you, bro. Great talking to you, and I'll see you in August.
Hey, this is Wes Borland from Limbiscuit, Big Dumb Fish, Black Light Burns, Queen Fong, and you're listening to Talk To Me. I 
That was the band Redefined with a song called Tables Turned. Those guys reached out to me and asked me if I played unsigned bands on the podcast. And I said, yes. Not a lot of people reach out. It's kind of funny. Like, I, if I was in a band, I would always reach out. But, uh, but yeah, Redefined, uh, it's spelled R-E-D-E-F-I-N-D. Redefined is a dynamic band from Greenville, South Carolina. With great passion for the music they perform, an insanely energetic live show, Redefined is working their way through the local and regional music scene, mixing the broad styles of music, including metal, new metal, hardcore, rap, and rock. I get I get approached a lot about playing bands on the show, and sometimes I'm like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous when when an unsigned band, unproven band, uh, comes to me for for to be played on the show just because I always want to put out quality. I want to help everyone out as much as I can, but also I don't want to put a bunch of crap on the podcast either. So it's always, it's always kind of scary, but man, when I, when I hit play on this track, I was like, Whoa, these guys are awesome. So make sure you're checking out redefined, uh, head out Bandcamp. It's a redefined bandcamp.com And I'll let them know that you heard about them on talk to me and support your support the scene, man, support the local scene. And then obviously before that, you heard Ball Tongue by Korn as picked by Head from Korn. And uh, what an interview, man. What a, what a great guy. Uh, like he said at the end there, looking forward to seeing, seeing him in August, catching up, doing a part two, getting more into what Korn is up to, what Korn is doing, things like that. But make sure you're also checking out his doc, his documentary. I don't know why I continue to say doc. Is, is that, does that sound pretentious to just to keep saying doc? His documentary, Loud Crazy Love. I can't wait to see it. You know, if you've ever read Head's book, you know that his, you know, his 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 ex-wife, his life, his his daughter, all that stuff. It was crazy to to read all of that. And uh, and you know, kudos to him for for stepping away from corn for a while to help raise his daughter, and then you know, obviously tri- <laughs> triumphantly coming back. I watched so many videos, so many interviews, and you know, just seeing those guys get back together and play again together as you know obviously david's not there but the four of them seem to just have such they they've always seemed to have such a love between themselves like not only just a band but a brotherhood um you know i i talked to head a little bit prior to the interview and i i saw corn probably four times on the first album tour four or five times on the second album tour tons of times on the uh, follow the leader tour issues tour like i saw them so many times i probably saw 
I've probably seen Corn more than any band I've ever seen, and uh, you know, talked to them when I was younger and things like that. And they always just had an air about them that they were a brotherhood of of sorts. And you know, that that band means a lot to me. It's always meant a lot to me, and this interview meant a lot to me. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, so thank you to Scott Bowling. Make sure you're heading uh, checking out his his show, Good Company with Bowling. Make sure you're checking out the Rock and Pod Expo, August 25th, Nashville, Tennessee, with special guest Head from Corn. He's going to be there. You can meet Head from Corn that day if you come out to the Rock and Pod Expo. So make sure you're hitting them up and getting an advance ticket because at this point, I think with this guest and the, the, the special guest coming up, I think this will now sell out. And so you can go and check out all your favorite podcasts and also meet Head from Corn, and then also the other special guest that has been yet to be announced. But oh my God, uh, the dude is just blowing up right now. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with uh, with a couple of my favorite Corn tracks. Uh, this will be for you and to beg for me off of my favorite album issues. And like I said, thanks for rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling a friend hitting up the patreon buying a t-shirt whatever you can do to support the show is much appreciated so for the talk to me podcast the official podcast of metalnexus.net i am joshua toomey and i will talk to you guys next thursday with the return of max cavalera have a good week guys
have you seen the interview? Have you heard the podcast? That's how it went down. 